Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Joining me today is Bryce Hill, Senior Research Analyst at the Illinois Policy Institute. Today, we'll be talking about the two-year anniversary of COVID-19 lockdowns and how they changed Illinois. Bryce, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. So we've spent a lot of time at the Institute over the past two years talking to small business owners about what life has been like for them as they've navigated shutdown orders, uh, supply chain issues, and now you know, the high cost of doing business, especially if you need to, to travel or anything like that. And it's been really uh, helpful to hear from business owners, but it's been really hard to hear everything they've been going through. And so today I'm really glad to have you on because I think you'll be able to help us make sense of you know, what life has actually been like over the past two years and how Illinois' economy has changed in the wake of not only the pandemic, but everything that came with it, meaning government-ordered lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been an interesting couple of years, uh, especially as, you know, uh, states take different approaches and we see far different outcomes across the states, uh, despite, you know, a relatively uh, similar experience, you know, with battling COVID and trying to manage public health and the economy and things like that. So you did some really interesting analysis just this past week, and you looked at um, numbers that showed how Illinois' economy is doing both overall and then by industry. So what did you see when you looked at those numbers? Yeah, so you see that you know Illinois is still missing uh, nearly twice as many jobs as the national economy. So there's over 200,000 jobs still missing uh, relative to the state's pre-pandemic peak uh, in January of 2020. Um, and so the downturn was you know, slightly worse in Illinois than, than in most other states, but what's really been lagging has been uh, the recovery. And uh, the interesting thing about it is you know, the, the Federal Reserve put out a, a study recently to look at what is driving uh, different outcomes across states. And, and they identified three things, uh, the, the first of which was industry mix. Uh, so states that are particularly reliant on service industries, particularly the leisure and hospitality industry, those are the states who still two years later are, are suffering the most. Uh, but what's important to note about Illinois' economy is Illinois' economy is more diversified than most other states, and it's less reliant on the leisure and hospitality industry in general for jobs uh, than the national averages. And despite this, you know, the state's economy is missing twice as many jobs as the national average. Uh, nat- nationwide, jobs are down 1.8%. Um, that's, that figure is 3.3% here. Uh, and across every single major industry, except for other services, uh, which is kind of a catch-all term in the service industry for things don't, that don't fit into, you know, leisure and hospitality, educational health, or professional and business services, um, Every single industry is suffering more than the national average. So we have uh, industries that are missing jobs or missing more jobs. And then in the you know, very uh, select few industries that have actually increased payrolls uh, in the past two years, they're either not increasing in Illinois or they have increased at a much, much lower rate than, than the national average. So you're saying that our economy is actually more diversified than other states, 
and that that's a good thing. And that should protect us from um, a more severe shock, but actually the numbers aren't reflecting that. Um, what do the numbers look like for the restaurant industry in particular? Um, I know we've spoken with a lot of small business owners who are restaurants, who, who have restaurants. So for example, you know, we spoke with a guy named RG Carafodius who has the golden brunch cafe out here in Arlington Heights. Um, he's a first generation American came here, launched this cafe after basically not speaking English. Then five years later, he's a business owner. Um, and he was doing great. He had grown the business to like a million dollar business. And then COVID hits, and he says, uh, you know, they had to adapt really fast, right? So all of these rules go into place for indoor dining, only doing takeout. You know, if you do indoor dining again months later, you have to have all of these different regulatory um, things in place, like, you know, plastic panels between your stalls or whatever. Um, so he talked a lot about how he had to be really nimble. Um, but what is that, you know, how does that affect the restaurant industry overall? Yeah. So overall, you know, the restaurant industry lost almost half of their jobs. Uh, so you went from an industry that's 600, 700,000 jobs strong in Illinois, uh, and you cut that down to around 300,000 jobs. Um, so, you know, one in two people who are working in that industry suddenly find themselves unemployed. Uh, many of the businesses temporarily closed. Uh, some of them were fortunate enough to reopen. Many of them, you know, we've spoken to a lot of them haven't uh, been as fortunate. They didn't make it all the way through. Um, so those numbers are devastating. We're still missing uh, 84,000 jobs from the leisure and hospitality industry. Um, of the missing jobs in Illinois, 42% of them are from the leisure and hospitality industry. So uh, it's really the the largest sector of the economy that's uh, that's weighing down on Illinois' performance, um, and that's because we had such you know heavy-handed responses to to COVID nineteen that made it incredibly difficult for these businesses to operate. Um, so uh, you know that's no exception nationwide that that industry has been the hardest hit across all states essentially. Um, because, you know, these are the places that we were first told to cut out of our lives. And, you know, uh, the, that was the easiest thing for us to do to, to stop the spread. But it took a real toll on these businesses. And as other states have opened up, that hasn't been the case in Illinois. Jobs are, you know, missing 30, 30% more jobs in the industry are missing in Illinois than are nationwide. Uh, so the, the disproportionate effect, you know, has been narrowed a little bit for Illinois versus the rest of the country there, but the country, the rest of the country's job losses are primarily focused in this industry. Whereas in Illinois, they're not only focused in this industry, they're spread across everywhere else too. I guess something that RG said that stuck with me was this idea of being nimble, being flexible. So the restaurants, all small businesses that survived this thing had to be really flexible and they had to adapt really quickly just to survive. Um, and you and I have talked a lot about how this idea of flexibility translates to the government's response to a downturn, whether it's the Great Recession or COVID-19. So talk about Illinois' ability to be flexible uh, or inability to be flexible. How does that affect its ability to adapt to a change in economic circumstances? Yeah, it, it 
the inflexibility in Illinois really uh, extends itself in in two ways. So first, you know, as we mentioned up top, we've had uh, executive orders that were blanket. They didn't make any exceptions for, you know, the size of your business or, uh, you know, how able you were to to respond to uh, rules and requirements that suddenly were being issued overnight and taking place. Uh, so you had that, which is obviously going to disproportionately affect small businesses who are more cash strapped. Uh, you know, they can't put into place uh, plastic barriers as easily as as a big box retailer might be able to or a, a chain um, restaurant is. Um, you also then have the uh, the fiscal side of things from the state who is demanding you know, tax dollars from small businesses and residents of the state. Uh, that didn't change. You know, businesses, homeowners, uh, individuals across the state were still having to pay income taxes. They're still having to pay property taxes, which are second highest in the nation. Uh, so uh, those things didn't go away. And when, what Illinoisans really needed in this time and what states really have, you know, there's only so much that a state can do in terms of stimulus. The federal government was issuing trillions of dollars in stimulus. Uh, and, you know, they have the tools of monetary policy to affect interest rates and things like that to keep them low. States, their purview are, are is much more narrow. Uh, so we can look at tax policy and we can look at where we spend the money. And what Illinoisans really needed was some tax relief you know, whether that be a, a pause in property taxes or a suspension in property tax increases or tax increases of any kind. And then uh, the second part of that would be delivering uh, services that that Illinoisans are relying on or that Illinoisans need um, in a time of crisis. This is, you know, the past two years have been when many Illinoisans have needed their government to step up more than any other time in their lives. But there's a lot of rigidity inside of of uh, the state spending uh, side of the equation, the, the state budget, because we have so many of our finances tied up in, in fixed costs like pensions or retiree healthcare costs that, that don't allow for changes in our spending priorities. So when you know, we should have been uh, focused on either you know, job training and put, diverting resources to, to helping people who are out of work, uh, adapt and find new skills that could put them into a position to either, you know, have the skills necessary to work from home in this new economy or for um, bettering themselves to when the economy does reopen, they can level up their careers and, and find more advanced jobs and, uh, you know, not have this long gap in their employment history that uh, is really hindering to somebody uh, who's marginally attached to the labor force, especially those people who are kind of in these fringe areas. Uh, when they're knocked out of the labor force and their skills don't continue, they're out of practice and their skills don't continue to grow, uh, it makes it tremendously difficult for one, an employer to hire them, but then two, for them to get back into the swing of things uh, and continue to find, you know, uh, gainful employment. Um, so there are all sorts of things that uh, other states may have done or Illinois could have done uh, had there been flexibility and where the state was able to spend its money and how it was able to raise its money that uh, just unfortunately weren't the case in Illinois. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing looking back at all of this and then thinking about how we move forward is just the fact that uh, it feels like we just had this, uh, a similar scenario occur last, the last decade, you know, we had the great recession not that long ago. 
Um, and in, with that situation, we saw that it took Illinois nearly a decade to recover. One of the reasons was that right after the recession hit, the state hiked income taxes, which is counter to what you just said. So, you know, you articulated this really clearly, and it was really helpful to hear you say there aren't a lot of levers that the state can pull um, other than providing tax relief at the state level and then investing in things that help people get back on their feet. And that didn't happen after the Great Recession. And now again, you know, <laughs> we're seeing all sorts of negative effects for people who are are just trying to get by, whether it's, you know, we're, we're paying $6 like a gallon at the gas station, which is not helped by the fact that each year Illinois' gas tax goes up. Thank you, JB. But, you know, we're, it just feels like a, a rinse and repeat of the Great Recession. And I don't understand how we didn't learn anything from that. I know JB is trying to say he's offering a billion dollars in temporary tax relief in this coming budget, but is that what you're talking about in terms of what's actually helpful? Uh, no. So I, I mean, while, you know, tax relief of any sort would be, you know, a welcome reprieve for Illinoisans, uh, we, we also need to think about what the long-term costs of that are. So, um, you know, one thing that, you know, it's really an, that promise of the billion dollars in tax relief is as a campaign promise. You know, we're coming up on an election year and we are, uh, you know, seeing politicians get into the swing of things. And so a, a billion dollars in property tax relief, freezing the gas tax after it was just doubled um, and then has now been indexed to automatically increase year after year um, isn't really much of tax relief. You know, it's just hey, we're not going to hit you quite as hard as we were planning on. Um, and then the other part of that is, you know, we are under serious threat to have uh, business tax hikes uh, automatically implemented because of the unemployment insurance funds. Um, you know, they're still severely depleted. We haven't really taken advantage of federal money to, to restore those funds. Um, so uh, a small business tax hike could be coming automatically in the form of, you know, unemployment insurance taxes at the state level. Um, so there's not really any tax relief that's coming. And then to touch on the larger point, you know, when you look at the years leading up to the great recession from the early two thousands, uh, to now spending hasn't really gone up on much of anything, any line item in the state budget, except for, uh, pension costs. So education spending is down across the state. Uh, but pension spending is up 500%. The state budget's larger, you know, we're paying higher taxes. There's been two record income tax hikes uh, in the past 10 years. Uh, they tried uh, to pass through a third in 2020 with the progressive income tax hike. Uh, so uh, taxes and what you're paying to the state are going up, but what you're getting in exchange for, for those tax dollars is going down. So we haven't really learned, you know, the lessons of the great recession, which were um, you know, we had this devastating, prolonged downturn. Uh, we had, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people out of work, um, and we weren't able to uh, get these people back into the workforce quick enough, and we weren't able to attract job creators to the state at, at a fast enough rate to, to bounce back um, even close to what, what our Midwestern peers were doing, let alone the national average or states that are going the fastest. Uh, so we didn't necessarily learn a whole lot from that. And I'm hoping that that case is a little bit different um, this time around, especially since things were so severe and happened on such an accelerated timeline. You know, I know we're talking two years out at this point, but 
the great recession was such a, a prolonged downturn and then a, a slow, uh, tenuous March towards recovery where, uh, relatively speaking, this downturn has been sudden and the bounce back has also been incredibly quick. Um, so hopefully, you know, this, this accelerated pace of everything can, can highlight, you know, how flexible we need to be. There was a, nothing during the pandemic was funny, but to me, it was funny because there was this period of um, time when every economist was trying to predict which letter shape their recovery would look like. We're going to have a V-shape recovery or an L-shape or whatever it was. What's Illinois' letter? What's our shape recovery? Uh, <laughs> it, it probably more resembles something that like your kindergartner tries to, to write on his paper um, when, he, when he's learning how to spell. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I know that a lot of lip service has been paid to the, the shape of recoveries and it really depends on how you measure it. Uh, so, you know, a, a lot of people talk about a V-shaped recovery and they cite, you know, GDP or something bouncing back, uh, and making a full recovery. Other people, you know, show a, a K or a W in terms of, you know, bisecting the, the economy by high skilled versus low skilled or high income versus low income. Uh, workers, or then other people, you know, say an L-shaped recovery and just look at total jobs. Um, and then I think you combine all those things and you get that one big scribble. Uh, that's really hard to tell, you know, in some areas there hasn't been any recovery and the recoveries, you know, barely made gains in other areas. Um, things are bouncing back towards relative normalcy. Um, so, so that's my answer. All right. Well, Thank you for speculating. I like the answer that it looks like my kindergartner's scribble. Um, but this story is going to continue on. It has legs. We're going to continue to watch how the economy is performing, what the recovery looks like, who is thriving and who's getting left behind. And I always look to you for answers on that because you know all the data and you're able to see that clearly. So thank you so much for translating and for looking at the past two years and helping us understand what they've meant for the economy here. Absolutely. Happy to help. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.